This is the podcast Love, Blood, Sex, Death. As daughters of Venus, we're on a mission for 2020 and beyond to awaken more love in the world through intimate and educational conversations that shed light on our societal taboos. Those are the things that we all obsess about privately, but don't speak about publicly. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tanishka. Hi. It's so nice to uh, reconnect. So lovely. um, Thank you to our lovely listening audience who've joined us for another episode. This week's episode uh, or month's episode we are calling Tough Titties. Now, I do want to explain for those that aren't Australian what that colloquialism or slang means. It's a kind of pretty rough way of saying get over it (laughs) (laughs) when someone you know, complains. And so I had to look up the etymology of it and um, it's it comes from tough titty said the kitty when the milk went dry. So today <laughs> we are talking about when the milk runs dry. The importance, yes, of acknowledging that we are not endless bountiful beings, i.e. women, um, and that there is a time for tough titties, for setting tough love, boundaries, so mm-hmm. that that urge to give and be the cornucopia does not run dry to the point where we, um, you know, are not fun to be around even with our own company. So, um, yeah, this kind of feels like the ultimate taboo to really, particularly after Mother's Day that we had last week, to mm-hmm. talk about the shadow side of motherly love. <laughs> what are your opening thoughts on that, my love? Yeah, I I love it. I love it when you went loved it when you proposed this topic to me. I feel like, you know, the mother energy that's in me can easily be um either taken advantage of or I misuse it and work in work in the shadow realm of of mother and mothering in my re- in my friendships and my relationships. I get confused with my boundaries and where I should you know, say no and when I should do it with a clear conscience and how I can do it and not feel guilty afterwards. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's what's kind of coming through for me for this episode where my mothering energy is misdirected and maybe taken advantage of. Um, and when, yeah, yeah. And I'm really happy that you speak as a woman that doesn't have biological children because, mm-hmm. you know, there's the sort of denial that mm-hmm. if you don't have children, as in, you know, even adopted or, or foster children, that you're not a mother. And it's a, it's a part of every woman. Totally. It's, you know, and it's a part of every man, if we're really honest. It's an yep. archetypal energy, yep. that, um, you know, to nurture, to caretake, to tend, to, to care, you know, to mm-hmm. do those acts of loving kindness. But... You know, when we live in a culture that is very ego-driven, those that haven't developed the inner mother can kind of suck on the teat till it does run dry and then tough titties <laughs> needs to come in. I'm seeing one of those Valkyries breastplates. <laughs> you, know, the, you know the women in um, uh, the, what's his name? Oh, frick, blank. Austin Powers, Austin you know, where they had the like the Madonna titties that were pointed, or the fifties titties, the bras that were pointed, but then they took it next level and they like had ammunition coming out of them. <laughs> yes. So um, that's where we're going today, ladies. Welcome and men. Love to have the brothers join us. We're actually being joined by another dear, dear friend of mine. She is none other than the goddess. Juno. Now, for those that enjoyed the film Juno, um, this represents the the ancient Greece goddess who was the goddess of marriage and motherhood. So you've got the right credentials to join us today, Juno. <laughs> oh, Welcome. Do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Welcome, Juno. Age of sixty nine. Yes. I sound like a Carry On series, but how great to have an elder because I know. Mm what a privilege it is to sit with women that are further down the path of experiential wisdom. It's like I get to drink from the font of your 
your knowing, what the grist for the mill that you've, you know. So thank you for being here with us. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I could be. And, uh, you know, Tanishka has been a friend for a long time and we we often bounce off each other. So it's a joy to be here today. Not in samurai suits, <laughs> but that can come. That can we'll come. Try. Yeah, I'd be up for that. So, um yeah, it's kind of nice. We've got the maiden, the mother and the crone here yep. represented. Mm. So, and of course, those are archetypal energies within all of us at all times, but um, here chronologically we're represented. So um, I want to sort of get back to that point where what is it that stops us saying no and having a good firm no and knowing that... Um, it's necessary to sustain ourselves as women to acknowledge when we don't have the time or the energy or whatever, the resources, to do the bidding of others. What happens at that point? Because I know in my experience, you might get a tantrum. <laughs> you might get someone cracking the sulks, the passive-aggressive punishment, or they mm -hmm. might avoid you to manipulate you into behaving the way they want you to behave, which, you know, I think is why so many women then self-sacrifice to keep the peace and also, you know, avoid uh, being thought of as a bad woman or a bad mother because we're living in a culture that is so conditioned to think that a good woman gives until she's got nothing left. And that is not sustainable. So, yeah, jump in any time. What's your experience of how people respond when you do say, actually, I don't have it to give? Uh, I, I agree. It's much the same. Yes, you get tantrums. You get from children or partners uh, when you have nothing left to give and they don't understand that. They just, yes, lots of coercion into continuing to feed them without the thought of feeding yourself. But society as well, you know, as a mother, yes, you have this endless supply. That's the belief mm -hmm. out there. And you don't. And from my era, I was I began my mothering experience in the 70s. My firstborn was in 1970 and I was 19. So I also had... I was dealing with beginning my own journey, but also trying to fit into society at the same time. So being a single mother by choice was um, frowned upon. Mm. It was not mm. looked on. So I felt I had to be better than most other mothers or the other mothers that Proved I saw. Them wrong. Yes. So for me, it's been a tough journey with lots of life lessons in it. Um, but I have two children. Well, I have two children that are probably still children in a way. <laughs> they might be <laughs> in their late 40s and, and 50s, but they are still children because they're still throwing tantrums because I'm not the mother that they wanted me to be. The Disney mum. Yes. That they're conditioned to think is yeah. the right way to mother. Yes. Yeah. How about your experience with that, Kristen? Thank you. Um, I feel like, yeah, Juno raised a really good point in how mothers have this pressure of being frowned uh, and ha are frowned upon if they, you know, they aren't acting a certain way that society expects when mm. in reality society, you know, in a supportive, in a supportive time would be holding space for a mother, especially for a single mother, but the way that we mother now is not, in my perspective, how we naturally should be. It, you know, it takes a tribe to raise a child and that's how oh, really? it always was before individualization and this sort of society of they're your children and, and these are my yeah. children. And I see all of my friends who do have children having, you know, having to do it all on their own and it's so hard. And whether they have a partner or not, their partner's usually at work. They're sleep deprived. They don't have what they need. They need, mm. and so yeah, these, these mothers are not only now expected to give and give and give and give, but they're not getting any of any of the support that they would normally get, so they can do that, so they can give. 
And now, thanks to COVID, as we film this, <laughs> uh, record this, they're even having to be homeschooling teachers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. the bow might break, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Can you totally. imagine what's happening? The level of tension. I mean, for women that mm. are maybe trying to work as mm-hmm. well as parent, it's like, oh, no, no problem. She'll do it. Mm-hmm. And and just this expectation that, mm. you know, it's not a sustainable expectation. And when we when we look at what they call women's problems, you know, a lot of that is just this, uh, it's our body sounding mm-hmm. the alarm. It's showing up in our body. Like I remember, well, it's only a week ago, so I probably can remember it, but... <laughs> 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 I'm someone that's always suffered from extreme menstrual pain. And I was like, right, I'm not going to have the meds. I'm going to feel the pain. (laughs) Yes. Well, that lasted a little while. And I did have the big fucking grief, you know. And what triggered me, I was reading in the medical medium, and he acknowledged that a mother's intuition is the best diagnostic tool. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it just to finally be validated and mm. this grief came yeah. up at, you know, I've joked to friends and said oh, I've got PTSD from having been a single mother. Well, I think most women have PTSD from mothering within a patriarchal culture because mm-hmm. your Absolutely. heart, your intuition knows mm-hmm. what is right for your child and you mm-hmm. know your kid better than anybody. And so when you have the external authority figure of the medical model being imposed upon you, and mm-hmm. for me it was, you know, the whole vaccination thing with the stepmom that was a GP, a mother that was a nurse, my daughter's stepmom was a nurse, it was coming at me from all sides that I was a bad mother for not vaccinating. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then dealing with the outcomes of a lot of autism spectrum behaviours and things as a result of my kid being given the whole vaccination schedule when she went to live with her dad. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know the medical community there, and this is a very divisive argument, I know that, and I, I, I'm not actually anti-vax. I think there is a place for vaccination, but what I'm opposed to is um, how dangerous that has become, particularly... Um, you know, with there now being 72 vaccinations in the schedule, but just also the the robbing of the mother and her right to be able to attune to this soul chose me for the decisions I would make Absolutely. and to, mm-hmm. to, to be undermined. Yeah. It's like you don't know okay. anything. It's old mm-hmm. wives' tales or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's crazy-making. And for me, it shows mm-hmm. up in my womb, my womb. And mm-hmm. I, I had grief come up and it was like, where's my fucking shrine of remembrance? Where's mm-hmm. my, <laughs> you know, the battle scars yes. of mothering and patriarchy, you know? Mm-hmm. And and we have this pomp and pageantry for the sacrifices of the hero, of the soldier. And for Mother's Day, you get one day where you're meant to have breakfast in bed. Forget fucking mm. every time you bleed, yes. you mm-hmm. know. Anyway, end of yeah. jump in, Any, <laughs> anybody. Um, I have to agree. You know, my experience with uh, my oldest child was more around behavioural issues and through the school I had to take him to a psychologist and he went off to see the do some therapy and I got to talk to the psychologist and, you know, eventually after a few weeks I said, well, you know, I'm here because I, I want help with my child. And uh, the psychologist said to me, well, you've tried everything that I could show you or I could teach you. So, you know, bad luck. See you later. Tough titties. You know, yeah, tough titties. <laughs> no help whatsoever. And then mm. 12 months later we went to a private psychologist and uh, I had an interview with them first and tried to explain what I believed was going on for my child and um, got told, no, 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 I'm the psychologist, I know everything. You know, once again, Mm. six weeks later, I get a phone call or I've actually got a letter 
saying um, I should have listened to you in the first place. Oh, at least they acknowledged it. Well, and you know, after the fact, did you, you still know. get billed though for oh, the services? Yes. There we go. <laughs> So, you know, and this is where I had given up, I well, I hadn't given up, I'd given my power over to society or the rules of society and got told that I'd already been trying everything that I possibly could. Mm. Um, so this wasn't about me, this was actually more about the child. And uh, so for me that was a huge realisation. I, real, I, I went on to journey through... Um, yeah, not being believed, not having my own intuition. The hysterical not mother. Yes, I've been treated yeah. like that in yeah. ERs, and I remember my daughter had um, a multi-resistant staph infection, MRSA, which can be life-threatening. It took five visits to the doctor, and every time they misdiagnosed, mm. and good old spirit just synchronistically directed me to what it was, told yeah. me what I had to ask for. And they said, oh, she won't have that. I'm like, would you just test for it? And yeah. it was. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just it erodes you, the, the yeah. amount of being undermined and yes. invalidated. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. So also I feel from the perspective of, you know, having myself going through an elective abortion and mm-hmm. having that that instinct of knowing that, you know, it wasn't the right time and wasn't the right place and the the shame and guilt that was coming up from that experience because of the collective kind of belief and the taboo-ness and not talking about it, you know, that, that instinct was still there of knowing what was best for my child yeah. even though, you know, they hadn't come through yet. I, I knew and... yes. Thank you know, just you. like like animals do in, in nature, they know what is best and they, they leave the runt if they know it's not going to have a good life, if it's not going to survive as well. That's beautifully put, Christine, because, yeah. yeah, I also had a termination at 18, which I ended up pregnant as a result of a rape. But, mm. uh, you know, I remember being worded up about, right, there are going to be picketing people potentially out the front. And, mm. you know, I mean, it was mm. really mm. harrowing, the process mm. that was in the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I've not had an experience of an abortion, but I have had an experience of an adoption um, where my third child I had adopted. So that was really a no-no as well. But if I could have had an abortion, I would have because I think mm. that for me... Or as already being a mother, and I knew that I I was not in a really good place. Having a good mm-hmm. child would have been detrimental to all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. That's you know. massive. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know. Yeah. There's so many things that we don't talk about, like you know, just they're loaded words to say abortion mm-hmm. or that you mm-hmm. gave a child up, mm-hmm. you know, and it just. The things that our hearts carry and Absolutely. then that's in the collective, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. And, you know, this, I don't know, I just, I want it to, you know, my dream is is that every woman has access to a red tent. Uh, for those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's not a camping holiday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a sacred sanctuary, a retreat, a moon lodge that, we can gather and speak about these sorts of things so openly without fear of being judged, you know, on a very regular cyclic basis like every month during that darkest lunar phase where women of all generations get to share their secrets so Mm -hmm. that we heal the shame of the silence, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's true because it is the shame that um, drives you inward in a way but not in a positive way when you when you can talk about it and and speak about it and pass on your experience of it to the younger generation it it frees it and it does it makes it less shameful Mm. yeah totally and um you know i um when it comes to self-perception you know that's where we re-wound ourselves, if the perception of ourselves, like, you know, we focusing on the whole mother thing today and mother guilt kind of 
said it starts when the kid's in the womb, you know. <laughs> You've got people looking mm-hmm. sideways at you if you eat soft cheese, you know. It's like this, <laughs> everyone's fucking hypervigilant oh, about, you know, you must be beyond reproach, you know. Mm. I remember watching Darling Buds of May and she's knocking back the Guinness when she's pregnant, you know, because it's a good source of iron, Absolutely. you know. Great for milk. <laughs> yeah. Great for milk. Yeah, the Celts used to really get into it when they were breastfeeding, <laughs> keep you relaxed. But, yeah, we're showing these images, you know, with the sort of frosted glass, the good mother who's always serene. Mm-hmm. And then the other extreme is mommy dearest, you know, the tell-all oh, autobiography yeah. about the horror mother. And the truth is we're all of it. All of it. You know? And, and everything in between. Thank you. It's a complex <laughs> yeah. archetypal energy, yeah. regardless of whether you've had biological kids or not. We've all got a dark mother in us and we've all got a good mother, you know, mm-hmm. usually depending on the time of the month too. And if people don't understand their cycle, that can really add to the shame of I'm not patient and I'm totally snapping yeah. and, you know. Yes. But I think Neurotic. This, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's the root cause of mother guilt that we see it in black and white, you're good or you're bad. Yeah. Rather than exploring and discussing the complexities, you know, to hear, you know, like I think of you, Juno, as such a beautiful maternal woman. I mean, you've got the mammary glands to prove it, you know. That's <laughs> true. Oh, it's true. I, I, have, I have a theory that women that are big-breasted, they're full of the milk of human kindness, you know, and I think that's why a lot of immature um, men perhaps and women fantasize about a big breasted woman they're yeah. wanting nurturing nurturing yeah you know because we're all under mothered to some degree because yeah. our mums have been so unsupported absolutely that yeah. there just wasn't enough milk to go around mm. it was tough titties all the way mm. so um <laughs> and and i think there's often a, a break of trust with the mother when i don't know about you but you know my mum She'd be going off at us or hitting us or whatever, and the phone would ring, and they'd be like, "Hello," uh, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know, right, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a psycho, you yeah. know. It's like you can't you can't air your dirty washing in public. My yeah. mum was she outside of the house, very much the same. She had you know five children. We Whoa. were all so well behaved out of the house, but if we did anything wrong. As soon as we got home, we would pay for it. Look out. Yeah. So it was what, what society saw was her as a good mum. And, you know, I'm not saying we didn't deserve some of the whacks we got, but, you know, or the <laughs> chastising, but um, it, it, yes, it was the way. It was that disconnect from when we'd actually done something wrong to when we actually got punished for it because she was afraid of what society would say because there is that pressure put on women absolutely like i know i've been uh what's the word um judged as a bad mother based on the um behavior of my child Mm -hmm. Mm. and in that equation they don't take into the trauma that has resulted in those behaviours. They think it's just bad parenting. Yes. And it's like if there have been traumas that have happened when the child is so young they can't cognitively process it, there's parts of that child still at that age. Absolutely. Mm. And, Absolutely. And, and so it's not necessarily bad parenting. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we've got some mm-hmm. complex uh, post-traumatic events that need to be, oh. like you've got an experience with yeah. that too, I know, you yeah. know. Well, yes, but, you know, there's also the personality of the child as well, mm. you know, that, that we have to take into account, you know, and sometimes, yeah, depending on where we are in, in anything, you know, in our relationship with our partner or not, um, you know, where, where we can fill ourselves up, you know, when you're dealing with a child with extreme behavioural issues, you know, you, you sometimes can't find that um, essence to fill yourself up, which is where a tribe helping to raise a child is perfect because it gives you a chance to step back. Get respite. And uh, and we don't have that. Yes. And that's when things become very dangerous for both the mental health of the carer and and for the one in their care. Yeah. 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 
I, I, I mean, again, I'm just like red tent, red tent, red yes. tent because, um, you know, I see it as the absolute heart of the village. If people are aware of what you're dealing with intimately, if you're airing your dirty laundry in a safe place, mm. then you know who's needing the support. That's right. And you can put things in place. Well, Whereas, it stops being dirty laundry and starts yeah. being something else, you know, something that can be supported um, rather than hidden. And that understanding that we're all in it together, yes. which is the feminine way, it's yeah. the feminine approach, which then heals that sense of competition. Like I found in the chat with Lily, who is my housemate, and both of our mothers would stay up all night sewing so that we could have matching outfits with our sisters, which we fucking hated. <laughs> I mean, it's like having a sibling uniform, yes, for fuck's yes, sake. Yeah. You know, but again, it's presenting to the outside world, mm. I've got this, yeah. I'm, I'm a good mother, you mm. know, and I think it was more so, well, who knows, but I'm thinking the previous generation where you could only express certain archetypes yeah. and so it loaded the mother up with so much. Yeah, uh, expectation yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and didn't allow them to actually fulfill that nurturing part it was all about conforming to society's ideals rather than learn about how to deal with your individual children right because as you said they are individuals because i know you have two mm. and they both receive the same parenting absolutely and they are entirely different it, entirely different right they yeah. are who they are yeah yeah. yeah, and as much as one of them I don't see very often, in fact, not at all anymore, he's totally disowned me out of his life because I'm the queen of guilt as far as he's concerned. But as far as I'm concerned, all I've ever been is honest and open and have had the same expectation, but that isn't how he's wanted to see the world. So I've had to come to terms with that. That's and, huge. Uh, yeah. I want to jump in there if I may. So when both young men and women aren't initiated into a culture of rites of passage, mm. as a collective we don't help them to mature psychologically and emotionally. And so you're very much on your own as a parent then if you try to point out their shadows Absolutely. and help to make them accountable the chance of the mother being scapegoated mm. and the child doing avoidance yep. is huge. I think it's yep. the tip of the fucking iceberg yep. and it's yep. not talked about. Like I'd be yep. very interested if we had a phone in how many mothers, you know, were not acknowledged or spent Mother's Day alone. Like mm. I, I got a text. <laughs> <laughs> I got a phone call from one of my children but not from the other. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, I mean, it's... It, I just, I mean, there's a whole other thing I want to unpack about Mother's Day we'll get to. But, yeah, I think it's the ultimate taboo when your children reject you. Yeah. And then how others, like I've had school mothers avoid me in the supermarket, <laughs> you know, because yes. I'm estranged or was estranged from my mm, child mm. for a time. And they don't know how to deal with you. It's like death. It's like somebody's died and they're like, well, well, it's nearly like you're contagious yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, whatever it is that you've got, you know. Yeah, the bad mother germs. <laughs> they don't want to have any part of it. Yeah, Their, t their titties might yeah. toughen too. <laughs> you want to say something, Kristen? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to speak to that point of, you know, the, the mother or the parent seeing the shadow of the child, you know, they can see it so clearly. I know my mum knows me so much better than I know myself. However, when she points out my shadow, it hurts so much more than mm. if somebody else does. And like, because I want to impress her. I want to show her all the things that I've like learned and grown and like, here I am, mum. And then she doesn't necessarily see that um, if she doesn't see it. And then if she points out my shadow to me, she's like, hey, Kristen, like you realise that that's not cool. I'm thinking of a few few years back, she pointed something out to me and I couldn't admit it in front of her. Like my my ego, my inner child was so hurt by it. It was like, oh, like she doesn't see all the awesome things that I do. Like she saw that part of me that I wasn't even aware of. Now afterwards I was very aware of it. 
but just like how that can kind of go where like I probably didn't react in a very good way to her um, because I, I just I, want to say thanks yeah. for helping me to be a better parent in that <laughs> fucking offering. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pearl. God, I love the things that come out of your mouth. Oh, thank you. And that's why we need to come together all different yeah. generations because I, you know, you have, we help each other. You mm -hmm. help that give me the perspective that I need to understand my own child with yes. more compassion and patience. Yeah. Bless you. That's a pearl. Mm, thank you. And you've helped me yeah. too to think of all of the shadows my mum does see and doesn't say because she doesn't want to hurt my feelings. And that's you know? true. That's, there I'm sure she can see everything. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must admit I had to own my own manipulation. I sat my daughter down in front of the film Step Brothers with Will Ferrell. <laughs> I, I used to give it to clients as um, homework to sit down with their, if they had young adults at home mm. that weren't pulling their weight. It's like, oh, oh nice. this together and then that'll open a <laughs> bit of a family combo. Didn't open a can family combo. I was the only one. <laughs> Left of watching the yeah. film. <laughs> but for those who haven't seen it, it basically it, it um, you know, parodies uh, what it is to be a child in an adult's body. In other words, when we're not behaving mm. in a way that is age appropriate. And really that is the elephant in the room. The collective, the group mind is immature. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the mothers that really wear that the most because I know as a mum and talking to other mums, we save up our shadow for the mother because we know that she loves us unconditionally yeah. mm -hmm. and she's safe. So you yeah. often hear, oh, the kids were really good when they were at a play date or when they were with their dad or anybody mm -hmm. else for that matter. Yeah. And then they come home and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, what an honour, you know. Yeah. They saved that up for me. Oh, you know? oh, I just had that experience the other day. I was making pizzas and I yeah. messed up the recipe. And if anyone were over when I when I made made the mistake, I would be like, "Oh, oops!" But I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Through tomato sauce." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. She got to see that, but she was so supportive. But I was just like, "Oh." Very much in my dark, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, one of the things that I think is, is very taboo is that um, uh, a lot of women are mothering their partners or even their friends yeah. because mm -hmm. we have it imprinted upon us that our value is the degree to which we're of use, mm. you know, to other people. And so, you know, uh, what I'm really pushing for is uh, obviously a return to rites of passage for men and women so that we can mature. And, and then I think women aren't uh going to be wearing it in their bodies so much with ill health because they're having to process everybody's emotional and psychological states which mm. totally kills the sex urge mm. but you, you know what i mean because it's yeah. there's an expectation that um that's what love is that mm -hmm. a woman is always available to others to meet their needs rather than being unto herself, which yeah. is what the word virgin or priestess meant, a woman unto herself. So, you know, the, the patriarchal version of, of a good woman is that we exist for others, not mm -hmm. in our own right. right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I... And that mindset is dangerous because that then all the choices come out from there. Totally. Know? So. My... Yeah, my experience with my friends um, in that, you know, I had to I had to draw the line for my yes and my no and I found it really difficult um, was that I like I sent out a group email as an introvert, um, you know, I'm always getting asked to go to things and do things and I would say no and then I'd feel guilty because I'd care about their feelings and want to like nurture them and do what's good for them. And I remember I sent out a group email to everybody just 
letting them know like I'm actually an introvert and I and I don't want to see so many people all the time and if it's okay like yeah sure invite me but just like when you're when can you hold space for me that that's going to make I, I feel uncomfortable every time I say no so you know mm-hmm. communicating communicating to everyone on mass like this is what I need and this is how you can hold space for me afterwards and then oh, with, I like it yeah yeah know why I like it yeah because you embodied the good mother by identifying your need mm-hmm. and communicating your need so mm-hmm. that you're being a support to yourself. Yeah. Because that's how we stop this endemic mm-hmm. pattern of self-sacrifice and burnout yeah, uh, or compromising our own needs and, and boundaries is by being that support first and foremost to ourselves. Like, let me yeah. give you an example. I had a migraine for the second time on the weekend, two weeks in a row. Yes, I'm pissed with the whole COVID not <laughs> allowing access to remedial therapists, part mm. of my occupational health and safety, anywho. Mm. Um, but on that, I love how you called me out on that today. And you were like, Juno, well, what could you do for yourself then? I'm like, oh, that didn't occur to me. Like lie on the floor with a fucking tennis ball and massage myself. Oh, no, I was just complaining. So, um, but, you know, having, whether it's self-care Sunday or having a regular rhythm, I love that you took that into your own hands to educate people Mm -hmm. as to what your, your needs are. Yeah. And then in, in my relationships, um, I communicate to my partner or partners that I don't want to mother them and I can step into that role really easily of teaching, of nurturing, of, you know, let's talk about you, what's going on for you and mm. getting into that emotional oh, space oh, oh, holding. Yeah. Yeah. We are so, smiling and absolutely. nodding. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God, yes. All the people out there, whether they're male or female, that are facilitators, yeah. teachers, carers, yeah. don't you just end up doing that in any yeah. social setting? It's yes. like let me just probe your issues and solve totally. them for you. Absolutely. And you walk away feeling drained and you're like, oh. And yeah. they're so happy. <laughs> yes. That changed me. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. I've been conducting job interviews this week and instead I've been solving people's like life purpose. It's like they got a free reading. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yes. yes. So, yes. Yeah. So it comes from this, it's like a deep sense of over-responsibility. Mm, totally. Matched with it feels good to give. Of course we well, want to yeah. give. But, but, you know, patriarchy is is created that you know the society mm. expectations have created that took me a long time to realize that a lot of men were attracted to me for my mothering qualities but I never mm. wanted to be their mother mm. I would nurture them and help them but the moment I drew the line mm-hmm. at actually acting like their mother and taking responsibility for their behavior the relationship fell apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's so it's it has been a long journey, but I've, mm. that is one line that I've drawn in the sand that I won't cross. Yeah, that, you know, I will, will yeah. nurture you, I'll help you, but I will not be your mother. Mother. Yeah, I and feel it's easier, like... I think, to maintain that when you don't live together. Absolutely. You know, I think you know, like a lot of women, I'm. There's that urge to merge. You know, you meet someone, you're like, oh, right, let's do the deed. And then, oh, let's live together. And it's like you're on turbo boost and Shadow Aphrodite's driving that bus. (laughs) (laughs) And and Demet is kind of going, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I uh, just want to get off here. Let me get off for a moment. I just So, yes, to maintain more sovereignty in the way we set up and structure our lives, particularly Mm -hmm. while relationships are being established, Mm -hmm. means Mm -hmm. that we can, yeah, negotiate our needs better. The way way that I communicate that is, you know, I I let them know in the beginning and then I sort of say, however, whenever something comes up, let's find a therapist and talk it out with them so we don't have to kind of, they can be the person doing, having the insight and having seeing our blind spots versus me seeing it all or yes, thinking thanks. thinking that I see it all. <laughs> yes, that's a good point too. That yes, yes, Without you end up input. being the therapist yes. of your own fucking relationship. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm swearing yeah. a lot. A little bit of anger. Love it. <laughs> sure. um, I'm curious, Kristen, if I may yeah. probe. Yes. 
ever yeah. so gently with a rose quartz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how does that go? Like I know you're younger than me, and so I'm thinking, okay, partners of that next generation, when you yeah. suggest early on in the relationship, mm-hmm. let's go see a therapist, mm-hmm. do they head for the hills or what do they do? Well, it's only been with my last two or three partners who, are all, who have all been really emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent and they've been like yeah of course like that's a perfect idea um and it's almost like they're relieved as well yeah okay especially i envy envy you um, yeah because from from my era all the men were young children who had never Never you know had any insight into themselves so I it's really changing. admire the the masculine of today because they they're there. They yeah. are most of them are. Totally. Oh, it's so exciting! And it um, also takes away the the potential for being blind blindsided because when we have that conversation, it's like, okay, cool. So we know that everything's fine until we're like, hey, should we go to a therapist with this? Like, yeah. but it's, it's not a big surprise that like actually, I think you know our yeah. relationship isn't working. We kind of it's preventative. Yes, versus, I agree. You know what it's I mean? It's just like you'd go and have acupuncture or whatever to yeah. keep the well-being of your body yeah. going and yeah. sorting exactly. out a specific issue that's coming up yeah. with a relationship yeah. counsellor rather than waiting until yeah. it explodes or yeah. something drastic happens and or it gets worse. Bitterness yes, exactly. and resentment. Or it implodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh, wonderful news. Yeah. And I, you know, that gives me hope too that, you know, because still the stats around the world in every single continent is that women are doing the lion's share of unpaid work. That's mm-hmm. the care of children, pets, elders, community work, housework, mm-hmm. as well as then the low paid feminine dominant industry sectors like mm-hmm. healthcare and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, community services. Community services, yeah. absolutely, yeah. you know, um, even teaching. But mm-hmm. then when we get into engineering, medicine, law, the more, yeah. Can you imagine if a massage therapist charged $400 an hour, which is what a lawyer charges, people mm-hmm. wouldn't pay it. Yeah. There's just this, and yet we will pay it mm-hmm. for a masculine-dominated service industry yeah. and actually accept that that's okay, yeah. you know, and it's that it's in you know like liquid into chalk the the conditioning has been yeah. so all pervasive that we accept that as the norm because it has been the norm but the norm has to change because it's just not sustainable and it does give me hope this new mm. um you know you can see it generationally shifting mm. no. yeah. yeah so all right um I the Mother's Day thing. I want to explore this a bit because uh, I look forward to a day where you know. I was thinking we have Secretary's Day, which is a bit similar to Mother's Day, isn't it? It's like you're going to do everything for the whole year, yeah, yeah. and then I'll buy you flowers once a year, and you should be happy yeah. with that. Take you out to breakfast. It's been organised by somebody else. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's tokenism. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and what I want to see is an understanding that is reflected culturally in our behaviours. That mm. our behaviours show me you value what I do because you're going to offer to alleviate the burden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mother's Day to me, or the. The set date on Mother's Day means nothing to me, but I appreciate the phone call from my daughter to tell me that her uh, contract has been extended and she's gotten what she wanted in her new contract because she didn't want me to worry, because she knew I would be worrying. So to me, that's a celebration of Mother's Day because she thought about my response to what was happening for her. Yes. But not in... not. making me responsible for it. So and not, yeah. not just getting you a, ordering something like my housemate works for Interflora, as yeah. you know, and they literally ran out of flowers because mm. COVID people couldn't go visit their mothers. Um, to just 
spend a lot of money once yeah, a year. Do, do you know nothing, what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's not the same as acts of service because what the act of nurturing and caretaking involves mm. is giving of oneself, mm. giving of, yeah. you know, your time, your energy. Mm. And so it's that that we need to see reciprocated yeah. more yeah. for things to become sustainable, socially sustainable. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what what do we... Um, I can't believe I've actually run out of something to say. That's unheard of. I know, I know, it's true. <laughs> huh? um, I've, had, I've had my rant. Yeah. Now my titties have run dry. Oh, no, I'm excreting vinegar. No, no. <laughs> so um, where to from here? Like, I don't know, if we were to rally the, the women of the world, what would be the one thing we could do differently from the Mother's Day that those of us in the Western countries just had this week to Mother's Day next year, if there was one thing we could do instead of just bitching and moaning. I feel like when when I had the women's centre, you know, in Byron Tanishka, yeah. um, what was really important and what we kind of started doing there was having um, abundant circles where we could show up all women could show up, but especially mm. mothers were welcome where they could share one thing that they can give and share one thing that they that um, that they need. And oh, you, we weren't yeah. expected to give and we weren't expected. There was no expectation. There was just kind of this really beautiful um, acknowledgement of that we're all in this together and that we all have things that we can give and we all have things that we need. Um, and there's this, you know, the, this bartering that can happen within the mm. community. Whether and I remember, you know, it'd be beautiful. There was a, a woman who just had a, a, her first child, and she was like, "My back door is always open, and there's a fridge right there. You can just fill up the freezer with with little, your leftovers." Um, and just like starting, people like I think you know one of the journeys of motherhood or or becoming a mother to a project or you know a business or a pet is like uh, you're having to ask for help and so us you know using our voice in our mother archetype of asking for the help that we need and then for the community to respond i um, love bringing that in as a a regular feature as part of the structure of the red tent gathering mm. you know where you open it up for people to speak their needs mm -hmm. um i mean i used to do it in a sort of a what would you say a networking way yeah. Yeah. but to open it up more to your personal needs i mm -hmm. love it yeah I absolutely yeah. love it because Beautiful. when you gave the example of the woman who just had the baby yeah whilst food in the fridge is great and i'm you know all for it yeah that's the very, very early days. What happens yep. after that is yep. the social isolation. Yeah, totally. Particularly if you've got a kid with esophageal reflux yep. or, you know, yep. whatever that doesn't well. sleep. Yeah. Yep. And to just have another adult, because I was thinking, oh, the back deals are always open, come in and give me some <laughs> yeah. adult company because yeah. if I'm only listening to my baby screaming or then even mm -hmm. after that, Dora the Explorer, I'm going to... Or hurt something. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Yes. So, yeah. yeah, I think, and that's been a lot of the the patriarchal mm. sort of wound for women because raising children has to be communal for it to be um, safe for our mental health and yes. our emotional well being. Yeah. yeah. That whole divide and conquer. I mean, back in the all the indigenous cultures in the um, in old Europe in the matrilineal Neolithic times, it was women of all generations living together in a house. The men were living elsewhere, and I'm not saying, "Hey, I don't want to live with my man," but the children were reared collectively by the mm -hmm. women. Yes. So this whole concept of you know, which you spoke about earlier in the show, this idea of raising children in isolation and ownership. They mm -hmm. are my children and therefore my role as a mother is defined by the actions of those children. When we're communally raising them, mm. it takes all that away. It does. Yeah. 
and it allows the children to develop their own individuality because they can see there are differences. Yeah. That you don't have to have that one path of mothering, that there are different yeah. ways of mothering. And of I living and, then, yes. and expressing, yeah. 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 And depending yeah. on the hour of the day and the need of the child, they'll go to a different mother to get the different mothering style they'll need. Yes. One mother mm-hmm. doesn't have to be all things to that child. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is a huge burden put on mm. most mothers that, yeah. that we are expected to be everything to uh, the child or the partner or brother, sister, other sister, yeah. you know, other siblings. Yeah. And so. it's so much easier to mother a kid that isn't your own. Do yeah. you find that? Uh, I, I haven't personally found that, but I've always had a fairly open attitude that all children are my children. Mm, so, absolutely. Yeah, so I, have, I relate to that. Yeah. yeah what so. I mean is that uh, your own stuff isn't caught up in it. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's not the chance of triggering, you, you mm, know what I mean? Mm. I find that, um, like, for instance, I played backgammon and you know and got right into it, read a pirate book and went and spent ages on pirate stuff with a friend's grade mm. one boy yesterday. Yeah. And yet when my own child was that age, I found it quite challenging. I'd read to mm. him and things, but I remember... You know, he was into those Bratz dolls. Oh, and to okay. me, they look like something, streetwalkers, yeah, you know, yeah. that had sort of were junkies and whatever. And so when I tried to do fantasy play, yeah. the narrative that came out of my mouth was very inappropriate. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I do. Like, yeah. So, yeah, um, I just, yeah, I, I think we can often bring out our best with other, with other people's yeah, children. children. I, I get what you mean, but I was happy to go with whoever was there, whatever child it was. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember at the end of one of my daughter's birthdays, her stepsister ran up and said, I wish you were my mother because I'd been hosting games and yeah. fun, but yeah. it's like, yeah, you wouldn't like me all the time. <laughs> Just ask my kid, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yes, I've got one child that is um, <laughs> doesn't believe that I'm uh, a good mother, but uh, the other child thinks I'm a fantastic mother. So, and just on that, I think it's important that you can't change someone else's perception Absolutely of you. Absolutely not. And you could kill yourself trying. That's yeah. one option. Yeah. Like you know, I know my family think I shouldn't have had a child. <laughs> you know, bless them. Um. So yeah, it's like. Ugh, you just you're yeah. never you're never going to win everybody. No, you know? no, that's that's exactly true. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. We just do the best we can. And also, we have this kind of societal thing that a good mother wears gingham and cooks for the bake sale. That's not the <laughs> sort of mother that every kid needs. No, no. You know, because we all. are all so different. Yeah, yeah. And we have our own needs as well as women. As, as apart from being mothers, you know. Mm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, 24 years teaching was, well, it's a revelation. Do <laughs> 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 on, Jean, I'll stop interrupting. Maybe. Yeah, but society doesn't, you know, the society I've grown up with, I mean, I can see the changes now, but the society that I grew up with, you know, labelled me. Because I was a single mother, mm. you know, I was loose, I was promiscuous, you know, all that sort of stuff. Total but, assumption. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, so for me, that held me back for a long time because I, I tried to not be that. So you compensated by doing the other. Yes. But tried by being the mother within the gingham and, mm. you know, oh, baking frick. and all that sort of stuff. But it didn't read. work because it's not me. Mm. So, you know, you have and to that, break free. Our kids choose us for who we are yeah. and the choices that we will make, mm. both good, bad and the ugly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then I feel Lovely. like coming back to the communal, yeah, please. the communal like raising of children, one of the reasons why I haven't, you know, at 33 I haven't chosen to have a child is because it doesn't feel sustain- sustainable for me mm. to become a mother and... Yep. So for me, I have that nurturing desire and in the past I have 
fulfilled my 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 craving for nurturing and to be nurtured in my partnerships but now the energy is very much going towards myself and nurturing myself and nurturing yeah. my needs and um rather than living living through my partners being nurtured by me vicariously and being open, you know, if if that if it does look safe and that there is a community for me to bring a child into that we can all raise together, then I'm open to it. But for now, it, I, I see our our community, our, our society does not support mothers. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And when we we look at all of the trauma based, I mean, there's so much uh, focus now on the root of most mental health issues ranging from anxiety to depression which are both absolutely pandemic mm -hmm. to more complex issues most of them you can trace back to trauma and so when we look at how our society is structured and what you know uh, whether it's a dual parent household or a sole parent household as you said if he's or she, depending on, you know, who's out doing the bread winning. But mm -hmm. if one partner is having to be at work long, long hours, the, the other is still a sole parent. They just yeah. might have some financial support. But, yeah. um, you know, this, this whole thing of parenting in virtual isolation, uh, it's not healthy for anybody and it's we need to restructure socially yeah. how we do family how we do community because yeah. i think what you've raised maybe even a subconscious reason as to why a lot of women aren't falling pregnant now i know there mm. are physiological things like guys with low sperm counts because they've got their smartphone near their testicles and god knows it goes on yeah. how toxic our world is and how that's impacting our ability to you know procreate but it's I keep hearing this from young women that yeah. they just hear mothers whinging and moaning because, and it's terrifying. It's like, you know, why would anyone want that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it so, doesn't look sustainable to me. It isn't. No, yeah. it's, it's not sustainable. It's yeah. Not as it's been in the past. Yeah. 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 And when you know that going yeah. in. Um, you can make a more empowered choice, whereas in the past women were sold, oh, having a baby will be yeah. all fulfilling. Absolutely. And it would only be yeah. when they got into the, now I'm married and I've got a baby and, fuck, I'm going to take a Bex and lie down because yeah. or have a stiff drink because well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd, they'd lose their whole sense of self, you know. It's yeah. all external then, you know. They can't, they don't have time to, you know, to be, who they really want to be and it takes them a long time to actually find that and some women never find it. You know, I'm just grateful I have a granddaughter thinks very similarly to you and I support her in, in all her decisions and uh, I wouldn't wish motherhood as it stood when I became a mother on anybody, you know, without yeah. support, you know. It's um, without that tribe to support you. Yeah. 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 So anyone who's listening out there, if you've got that vision of community in your heart, look at what choices mm -hmm. can be made that align with that trajectory because I sincerely believe that's, that's where we're headed and mm -hmm. that that will be what, you know, creates a truly sustainable way of being not just looking at the environment, but starting with ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that we cannot create sustainable um, ventures if we ourselves are not sustainable in how we're living our lives, how we're doing relationship, how we're raising our children. Yeah. I agree. How does that? Well, I think we've solved the world's problems in Absolutely. the hour. Well, <laughs> Again? Again? Thank you. It's nice. Over a cup of tea and... And a chat. Yes. I was going to say cookies, but yes, chat, of course. That's why we're here. Uh, well, an absolute uh, pleasure as always, Kristen. Yes, and uh, thank look you. forward to the next time. Yeah, And I would like too. to just invite anyone that's um, enjoyed this episode, if you'd like to um, do us a review on iTunes or Spotify, we would be absolutely thrilled because that's how 
uh, more people will find out about us. Um, so, yeah, to support the global conversation of women talking about the things that maybe we only do with our most trusted confidants. It's yes. like let's let's open that up to a sisterhood conversation where we all acknowledge what our shared experiences and in doing that heal our shame. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Danishka. Pleasure. Mm -hmm. All right, ciao for now. And thanks Thank for coming on the show, yeah. Juno. Yeah, thank you, Juno. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. If you'd love to uh, catch future episodes, head on over to Spotify and uh, click follow. And if you'd like to find out more about my work, you can head over to The Moon Woman. That's M-O-O-N-Woman.com. And if you want to find out a bit more about me and the work that I do, you can go to yonilicious.com.au or you can find me on Instagram where I'm more active at yonilicious. Y-O-N-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Beautiful. Have a great day. Bye.